Good evening. Um, if you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, if you don't have your Bibles, that isn't a problem. Um, before, though, we get stuck into, into uh, the preach, so to speak, um, I've got the real privilege of welcoming three people into church membership. Um, I, we had the privilege this morning of welcoming six in. So this evening we've got three who um, I guess you call evening meeting home. This is, this is your congregation. So, um, Adam, could you stand up, please? Um, Steve? Steve Waller, could you stand up? That would be absolutely great. And where's, where's Maddie? There's Maddie as well. So we, we are so absolutely thrilled that you have chosen to make this church your home. We are so excited about everything you're going to bring um, to us as a community, as a family. We're so grateful to God for you already. Um, and we're also excited to see how God is going to use you, how he's going to grow you, expand you, and stretch you as you use all the gifts and talents God has given. If you're close to them, can you quickly um, gather around them? So a couple of people around Maddie, around Adam, around Steve, quick, quick. Just a couple, quick, quick. Lord, I want to pray for your blessing and your grace on all three of these wonderful guys. We ask you for a fresh infusion of your Holy Spirit to be upon them right now. And I ask you, Lord, that you will grow them and expand them to become all they're going to be for your kingdom. We ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Excellent. Let's give them a round of applause. Because we've had such an excellent time of worship, all the plans have been thrown in the air and we don't quite know where it's going to land. So I'm sort of on the fly going to change a little bit about what I'm going to be speaking on, and particularly the starting part. What we, what we did this morning was we, we had heard from eight different mums, grandmas, motherly figures from the church who had answered a few questions for me. And we're going to sort of put that to one side just because of time, but the answers were incredible. You should have been here this morning, you'd have heard them. Um, the wisdom was amazing, um, but, but also, to be quite honest, it was quite heart-wrenching and moving as well, as we, we heard what of some of them were, had been through. But what I do want to do is I want to talk about the whole subject of patience this evening, because when I did a bit of a survey this morning and said, has anyone arrived, has anyone got patience nailed, please put your hand up, there wasn't anyone who was bold enough to say, yeah, I've, I've got this. I don't need to grow anymore in this area. Um, and so I thought, well, I'd best make sure I do a good job on it this evening because I'm pretty certain if you're anything like me, um, it's a big an issue for you as it is for me. So if you've got your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to just read four verses from verses 4 to 8. And you may think, Paul, why are you turning there? Because this is all about love. Well, if you get to the third word in verse 4, you'll realise why. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things. Love never ends. And I suppose what struck me, what I was thinking about being Mother's Day and all of that, is I thought, well, what, what do I speak about? What, what quality is it that I think most reflects mothers? And I think it's patience. 
And as I was reading 1 Corinthians 13, what, what really stood out to me is that when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he wants to describe love, which was really important for the church there because of all of the f- fraction, factions and disputes and difficulties they were having, the first word he puts in when he's describing the main quality of love isn't, isn't big emotional passion. It, it isn't... It isn't <coughs> um, loads of fun, it isn't great relationship, it isn't laughter, it isn't any of that stuff. The first word he puts in the list, and I'm sure he could have added a few other words in, but what was the first word he put in? He said, love is patient. And I wonder how many of our relationships and how many of our difficulties would be sorted out if we made sure that the first quality in our loving relationships is that of patience. That if we lead with that. You see, when, when the Bible describes love, it's a real gritty, enduring quality. It's not something that's wishy-washy. It's not something that goes up and down with emotion. It's something that is steadfast. And I think it's deliberate that Paul put that in first. Love is patient. I wonder if I asked you to describe love, whether you'd have put patience first. I don't think I would have done until I prepared this. I would now. And the reality of it is, I, I am most aware of patience when it's absent in my life. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's nearly like when I'm aware I'm being impatient, I'm most aware of how important that quality is. And that can be for small little things. I, Chloe was working um, out at Glyne Gap and I texted her this week because I was decorating the boys' room and I said, please can you get me one of those roller things, you know, for painting? Like, like the roller bit, not the actual whole roller, but just the, the fluffy bit that goes on the end. Does everyone know what I mean? Yeah, the fluffy bit on the end of the roller. Please, can you get me one of them? So Chloe goes and gets one. Did you know that Wix and B&Q have two different sizes? Wix have made them one side. B&Q have made them the other size. So you can guarantee that poor old Chloe goes and gets the wrong size fluffy bit to go on the end of the roller. It's amazing how my patience was absent as I jumped in the car and drove all the way over to Glyne Gap to pick up an hour. I mean, it's stupid, isn't it? Just a minor thing. And... Everyone, all the way over there, everyone seemed to drive slowly. They all pulled out in front of me. Do you know what I mean? There was no parking spaces big enough for me to get in. I was, I was just... I'm sure none of you are like that. I'm just, just confessing my sin. And, and, and we all laugh because we all know we get impatient at really little things. But we also get, you know, we need patience in big things. I mean, some of the, t- the testimonies that I was reading out this morning of mums who watch and support their children through long-term sickness is incredible, their courage to keep going through that. Patience is needed for big and for little things. And we're most often aware of it when it is absent in our lives. So what is, what is patience? Well, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate, delay problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Just a real simple quality. That is how the dictionary 
defines it. But actually for a Christian, that isn't the full story. Because for a Christian, although we're aware of the difficulty in front of us, we look at it through the lens of knowing God as well. We will have one eye on God, a faithful father who will never let us go, who is always constant, has the best for us, and is not our debtor. It's the quality of forbearance and self-control which shows itself particularly in a willingness to wait upon God and wait on his will. Believers are called to be patient in their expectations of God's actions and also in their relationships with one another. How well do you handle delay in your plans and purposes? How, how well do you handle an interruption to what you were thinking should happen? What do you do when all of your, maybe your dreams get sacrificed? How do you respond when those things happen? Do you still continue to glorify God in how you live? Do I still continue to love my boys when I got the wrong roller head for the roller and I'm on a tight time frame? Or do you allow irritability and that pressure to overflow in your life? Even when people interrupt our plans and dreams, do we continue to love? Even when people get in our way, will we still give them our time? Even when we're delayed, will we give others the benefit of the doubt, or are we really quick to judge? When our dreams lay in tatters, do we continue to trust God and love other people? Patience has such a high standard in the Bible. It's that foundational quality in love. You may say, well, well, what's the problem with impatience? You know, what what is the problem with impatience? Because, you know, it's just part of my personality. I've always been told I'm just an impatient person. Let me give you three things that make impatience a problem. The first thing is this, it's a fruit of selfishness. It isn't, it's not just some people are patient, some are impatient. It's actually a fruit of selfishness. If love is patient, impatience isn't love. At its root, impatience says, I want it, I want it now, I don't want it to be delayed. With selfishness, I want, as it were, everything around me to serve me and my plans. Now, we don't quite put it that way, because we're far too polite and Christian for that. But actually, if you look, a little further down, that's, that's pretty much often what is happening. We're seeking our own private happiness at the expense of others. Patience is dying to selfishness. So that's the first thing, it's a fruit of selfishness. Second thing is actually it demonstrates weakness in, in a bad way. What it basically shows is if I get impatient when circumstances don't line up, what I'm basically saying is I'm reliant on my circumstances to be kind to be loving and to be compassionate. If when things go wrong, all of those qualities disappear out, I'm actually pretty weak on the inside. To be patient, you actually need to be strong on the inside. You need the grace of God at work on the inside. To show love, even when your schedule is interrupted or your journey is delayed. If as soon as external circumstances fail... You revert to some mean old thing. Does that reflect much about what God is doing in your life? The work of grace? The fruit of the Holy Spirit? And thirdly, 
Impatience leads to two big temptations. One is just to run away. If it doesn't go my wife, I don't get it how I want. I'm just going to run away. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to give up on this. Or the other temptation is, no, I'm going to fight through. I'm going to push through. You watch. I'm going to get my way. I'm going to force it. Now, it depends a bit on personality type, but both are to deny God's faithfulness and we look to our own solutions. We deny God's goodness and love and we cave into fear. And in in the Old Testament, on a number of occasions, impatience opened the door to a whole load of other problems. I find that in my own life. I don't know if you do, but for me, impatience is just like this door that opens. And not what, what normally walks through after is things like anger, fear, anxiety. Love is patient. Wow. Such a simple word. Such three simple, simple, a simple little phrase. I much prefer reading 1 Corinthians 13 quickly because then I don't think about it much. Problems when you read it slowly. And you read, wow, it's patient. How hard is that? When do you reckon we should be patient? Well, the Bible gives us four different instances. I'm going to fly through them fairly quick. But problem is, you see, the Bible doesn't give us any loop, loopholes. It doesn't give us any space to wriggle. Let me, let me give you some of the examples where the Bible says we ought to be patient. Firstly, we ought to be patient with other people. That's across the board in church setting. It says, it says in Ephesians 4 verse 2, two patiently bearing with one another in love. doesn't sound particularly nice, that, does it? I'm going to patiently bear with Brian in love. <laughs> I know, it's tough. <laughs> but we're also to be patient with others when we're tempted to look down on them. It says to be patient with them all, to be, the, uh, to be patient with the idle, the, faint, the faint-hearted, and the weak in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. We're even to be patient with those who need correction. Rebuke, reprove, rebuke and exalt with complete patience, it says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. So we're to be patient with one another in our relationships with one another. And that's normally when, it, when people crash in and interrupt what we want or cause us discomfort. But the Bible also calls us to be patient in suffering. When we're facing difficulty or suffering, whatever the cause may be, it says in Romans 12, 12, be patient in tribulation. We're also told to be patient for the, for the sake of following Jesus Christ. Be patiently enduring our sufferings in 2 Corinthians 1, 6. That's hard too, isn't it? Just some of those uh, testimonies that I haven't read out but were really good. About how mothers have... have have really stood alongside their children just month after month, year after year. And, and at one level, I think when you carry it yourself, that's one thing, but when you have to watch your children going through it and patiently suffering with your children as they go through pain, how hard is that? It also says in the Bible we're to be patient in evil. Even when you receive wrongdoing, when, when people offend you, when they say things are not true. The, 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 the instance um, here in 2 Timothy 2.24 is when church um, leaders are falsely accused. And Timothy's being told to be patient, to be patient in that situation. 
And then lastly, we're told to be patient in waiting for God. Although life may seem a long, hard slog to be patient, to keep going, you will receive your reward, it says in Hebrews 6.12. In Psalm 37 verse 7, we're to be patient even when evil seems to prosper, what we're waiting for God. In James 5.7, we're to be patient, waiting for God to come again. As I said earlier, there's no loopholes when it comes to patience. God doesn't give us that option. He just calls us as his people, to be patient in suffering, in our relationships when we face evil, in waiting for him. What, what do we do? I endure, I wait, I'm trusting you, Lord God. So you may think, okay, Paul, I, I, I get that. I get impatience is bad, patience is good, that I need to be patient in every situation. Well, how, how do I grow in patience? What do I do? Because I struggle in this. And one of the things that I notice most as I was preparing this is one of the keys to growing patience is to learn how to wait on God. Learn how to wait on God. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. It says in Psalm 40 verse 1. I love those words. I waited patiently for the Lord. And then he inclined to me. So he leant down. He leant down. I've, he's, he's turned his head. He's turned his ear to, to hear. To hear your cry. To hear you. I think waiting on God can include a whole number of different things. So it does for me anyway. I think when I pray, I'm waiting on God. When I worship, I'm waiting on God. When I read the word, I'm waiting on him. Not, not just flying through how many, how many chapters can I read, but, but no, really lingering over stuff. When I spend time with you guys and we strengthen one another in God, I'm, I'm waiting on him. When I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit like I was earlier this evening in the worship, I'm waiting on God. You're here, if, if your heart is open, you're waiting on God even as I'm preaching and you're listening and you're hearing and you're looking for God to minister to you through these words. That's an opportunity to wait on God. As you go to community group or church on Sunday, that, that's an opportunity to wait on God. It's, it isn't a passive thing. You put yourself in his way. It's a bit like catching a bus. You see, if, if you want to catch a bus, if you want to get to the town centre from here, well, I could say good luck, because you probably won't be able to, you know, there's no buses running. But assuming there were some buses running, assuming there were some buses running, you, you'd, you'd need to know what the bus route is, wouldn't you? You'd need to know how the buses work and where they are running. It's exactly the same on waiting on God. You need to know how God strengthens us. How, how do I wait on him? You need to find out some information. You then need to go and walk and stand at the bus stop. You need to put yourself in the way of the bus, not jump out in front, probably not healthy, but you stand in the right place so that when the bus comes by, you can stop the bus. In the same way with God, when we wait on him, we're positioning ourselves in front of God and say, come and meet with me. I'm I'm availing myself of you. I'm not going to be passive here. I'm going to push in.
And even this evening, I, I guess in a sense you could come to mindsets. You've got yourself to the bus stop, but the bus is driving past and you just sit there and go, oh, it didn't stop. You know, God turned up, God was here. Oh, I didn't meet with him, but, but you were passive. You, you, you weren't engaging faith. You weren't stepping in. You weren't coming to connect with him. You just said, oh, if God meets with me. Oh, he didn't meet with me. Woe is me. No, you hail the bus. You stop God. Oh, God, would you bless me? Oh, God, would you intervene? You, you call, and as he comes by, you get on. You get in. You, you enjoy the journey that God wants to take you on. To wait on God is not a passive thing, it is an active thing. For me, I find worship is one of the best ways I have for waiting on God. If I wake up in the morning just feeling a bit flattened down, I, I, can, I can pray, but generally all I do is worry if I'm praying in that sort of frame of mind. I just worry myself into more, you know, I finish my quiet time and think, oh, I don't know why I bothered doing that. And I think God probably thinks the same. Do you know what I mean? All I've done is moaned and complained to God for half an hour or so, whatever. Oh, rubbish. But if I come and I put on a CD, I can't sing like Alid or whatever, but if I put on a CD and I just start to worship, one song after another, after another, after another, I'm going to worship myself into a good place with God. I'm going to wait on him. I am going to grab hold of him. I'm not going to let go until he blesses me. The Bible's the same. I I fill my mind with what God says about me rather than all my worries and all my trials. I'm going to wait on him. So I've I've gone off a little bit on there. But, But if you want to grow in patience, learn to wait on God. Learn to push in. Learn to enjoy him. Second thing, much quicker at this point. Learn to give thanks. I, I, I set you a challenge. Come and tell me next week if I'm wrong on this. But I'm pretty certain you cannot be impatient and give thanks at the same time. I do not think you can be impatient and give thanks genuinely at the same time. Because naturally as you are giving thanks for all of the good things God has given you, I think impatience subsides. I'm pretty certain that is the case. I want to encourage you to do that. And that's not just giving thanks when you come to church on a Sunday evening or, or like that. Just to be a thankful person in your workplace. Everyone else can be moaning or complaining. Now I'm going to practice giving thanks. I'm just going to be good at it. I'm going to find something to thank God for. If you read Philippians, it is a masterclass in being thankful in really rubbish circumstances. That's what Paul does. He's in prison. Christians are trying to get him in trouble. He's just learning. I give thanks for this and I rejoice in that and I'm giving thanks in it. He's just giving thanks. Why? He's guarding his heart. So if you want to grow in patience, learn to give thanks. And then lastly, if you, if you, if you want to grow in patience, remember, remember God's incredible patience with you. It says in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, He, that is God, is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The reason we are here today, the reason we are in such a privileged position, is because God is overflowing with loving patience towards us. And if God has been so patient towards us, how much more should we be patient 
in a very little way in comparison. If he has been so good and so generous to us, how much more should we reflect on that to him? Jesus himself is a climatic display of God's perfect patience towards sinners. He didn't want any to perish, but all should reach repentance. So he was patient towards us. And when you're tempted to be impatient, or get a bit shirty with someone, or you get, I don't know, just wound up with them, I pray that God will remind you of how patient he has been with you already. How kind, how lovingly patient he has been. Of all the things he's forgiven, all the things he's dealt with in Jesus Christ, how he keeps going and going with you, even when you make mistakes, even when you grow slow, even when, when he avails you of so much grace, we don't always put it to work. Yet he is patient towards us. He is committed. He will not let us go. He loves us. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it so good that grace and mercy have found us? They have searched us out. That is what I stand on. Patience grows out of our relationship with him. It's an immense privilege to be known and loved by God. Just while you're sat there, I'd just love to pray for you. Father, I want to thank you so much for your incredible patience towards us. I want to thank you. There is none of us who deserve to be where we are today. None of us who deserve to be recipients of your grace and your mercy, yet you have been so kind to us. And I'm so grateful to you for it. Lord, I ask you right now, I know all of us would say we need to cry in patience. I, I, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, would you please come and fill us afresh right now? I thank you that patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit as well. And I ask you, Lord God, that you will give us strength to be patient in the situations we find ourselves in. To see our love rooted, established with patience. I pray we would not be a people that either run away when we face hardship and we wouldn't be a people that try and force our own agenda when we find obstacles, but we would be men and women who know what it is to trust you, to wait for you, wait for you to act, for you to open doors. I ask for your grace and your mercy in it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This whole area of patience, I think, and I've already said it, <coughs> is best exhibited in an amazing group of people that are here this evening. If you are a mother, a grandmother, a spiritual mum here, could you please stand up? We are so blessed to have you among us. We are so grateful for how you care, nurture, love, 
protect. I know, and I will find a way of communicating some of these testimonies to, to, to the evening to you guys at some point. But, but just the stories of how you bear with in difficult situations, how so much of what you go through is so thankless and forgotten in, in so many ways. And I, I just want to say on behalf of everyone here how grateful we are to you for all you do, for how you love, for what you exhibit, what an amazing example you are to us. We would be so much poorer if you weren't among us. And so we are so, so grateful to you. Can we, first off, just give them a real round of applause and honour them in that way. And then what I'd love us to do, and some of you are not quite so good at this, so you're going to get some practice. I'd like you to get up and move, and I'd like every mum here to have at least a couple of people around them. I'm just going to pray the blessing of God upon them. Is that okay? So everyone on your feet. Just a couple of minutes and then we're going to finish it up.